Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go on a Thursday. Cofield, Silver 7's, Adam Candy is alongside. James is here at the set at Silver 7's Big Night in Hockey. Candy, how you doing, buddy? Getting ready to rock with you, Cofield. It's been too long. Good to hear from you. Excellent. we got a lot of good stuff to get into, and I'm really excited about the uh, Raiders OTA media availability today. I'm just going to say right now, the childishness on just clarifying some comments has reached a fever pitch in freaking May. This is so stupid. We'll get to it in a couple of minutes, but it was Devontae Adams and what he told the ringer a few weeks ago, and then he starts pointing the fingers at others, and the others who are getting fingers pointed at them are like, yes, sir, sorry, sir. My God, you people are embarrassing. But, Candy, we do have hockey tonight. The uh, franchise in this town that sets the standard, right? There is well, – sometimes there's foolishness behind the scenes, but it seems like they cleaned it up for this season. And uh, Butchie, Bruce Cassidy's done a great job. This is a super D team. They have multiple superstars. They freaking mentally and physically snapped the stars in game three. So we'll see what VGK has in terms of focus. We'll see what Dallas has. In terms of discipline and fight, or if they're just going to lay down and leave the building early, like Jamie Ben did the other night. Uh, Ryan, the hockey guy, is on the road today. If you want to watch some hockey on the north side of town, of course, we're going to have the games here at Silver Sevens with 77 cent beers. RTHG is doing the uh, pregame starting up on our sister station, 1340 AM, 98.9 FM, Fox Sports Las Vegas. That starts at 4 o'clock. Play by play goes down on radio on that station as well. And as I told you, uh, RTHG is at the Still Centennial Hills. That's up on North Durango, 215. Got good beer specials there as well on Bud Light, McUltra, Mango Cart, food specials for just 9 bucks, short rib tacos, chicken sliders, carne asada fries, and street corn nachos, a full menu. All the distills are really good. They've got nine locations around town. All right, Candy, gut feeling before we get into the, uh, the nitty-gritty here and the nuts and bolts on the nights and break this game down. Do they finish it off tonight? Can they clinch the spot, the other spot, in the Stanley Cup Finals? Ova like Maria Sharapova. Really? This thing's done, man. Really? Like the, the stars cracked. It, it was really strange to see in Game 3 that this team that has been disciplined and plays a defensive lockdown, we're going to do everything tight kind of system, absolutely broke in the first period. And it's not all that different than what the Golden Knights did to the Oilers in the previous series so the golden knights seem to be on their way i think they win it tonight you're in trouble do they need to win a stanley cup with butchie with bruce cassidy for you to eat to officially eat the fattest crow we can find about how uh, front office management screwed up the uh pd DeBoer stuff is this is this also on special at Distill tonight? Can, can I can I get a discount perhaps on whatever I have to shove down my fat gullet for uh, what I've been saying crow about na- crow nachos, not firing people gore with street crow, corn, crow nachos, notch crows, notch, notch crows. I'm looking forward to some notch crows tonight. Yeah, I, I kind of have to go feel I I was very loud about the fact that I thought firing Pete DeBoer was the wrong move, and maybe in the moment I can still say that you know I don't know that I I liked it, but we are now watching. Bruce Cassidy's Golden Knights go directly through Pete DeBoer's Dallas Stars and yep. break them into pieces. And so 
I'll own up to it, man. I, I thought it was the wrong move at the time, but Golden Knights management seems to have gotten what they wanted. Bruce Cassidy was a great coach for Boston Bruins. They decided to let him go. The Boston Bruins flame out in the first round this year. And here are Bruce Cassidy's Vegas Golden Knights on the doorstep of the second Stanley Cup final in six years. I mean, we're seeing the difference in coaching styles right in front of us. Now, it's a little unfair to compare what DeBoer was doing at the end of last year versus what Cassidy did this year and at the end of this year because the Knights were good. They were winning. They weren't dealing with – they dealt with goalie issues, but they didn't deal with Robin Leonard goalie issues. But I feel like Cassidy in – you know, a few moments where there were some hard times and certainly injuries during the season and falling down one nothing in a series uh, that this Knights team kind of holds together. And maybe I'm wrong on this and they just haven't been tested like the Knights were last year, but I I felt like DeBoer's team just kind of mentally frayed. Now, the other part of that too is I don't know why they wouldn't, but McCrimmon and the folks above him didn't seem to always respect Pete DeBoer, and maybe it's a respect that they have. Maybe Cassidy's earned it. Maybe he had it coming in. Um, maybe there just hasn't been that many high-drama opportunities to get all worked up, but it just seems like up and down the organization, Candy, that they're together now, and there was always some fraying on the edges the last couple of years, even in good times. Well, what we saw was Gerard Gallant starts out. Obviously, it's all peaches and cream year one, far beyond what anybody expected. And then when they let Gerard Gallant go midseason, I'm not sure I thought it was the right move in the moment, but the Golden Knights management thought, here's a chance to step up to get a better coach, right? It wasn't necessarily just about having the wrong voice. It's about stepping up and getting someone better. And they did the same thing with Bruce Cassidy. I didn't think Pete DeBoer did anything that required Pete DeBoer being let go. But at the same time, Golden Knights management looked and saw a guy in Bruce Cassidy who maybe was thought of as the wrong voice in the Boston Bruins locker room, and maybe he was the one wrongly let go in Boston, and they didn't wait at all to pounce on that opportunity. And You can't argue with the results. You, you, you can say that Cassidy was given the best roster that this team has had, at least in the preseason, but then he managed to navigate them all the way through not having Mark Stone for the better part of the season and all of the goalie foibles that they've been through top to bottom, and that deserves credit. Raiders OTAs today. It's been going on a couple days uh, before this this week, but no media availability. Today there was media availability, so folks got to watch practice. Um, at practice today on the field, no Jimmy G, no Josh Jacobs, no Hunter Renfro, no Justin Heron, no number one pick Tyree Wilson, no Trevon Merrig. Garoppolo was the big one. So we'd heard whispers for a little while here candy not necessarily about surgery back in march but that jimmy's been wheeling around the facility on a cart and in this ota and they have what mandatory coming up in a couple of weeks whatever it is uh what is that the beginning of july i think it is um but he's recovering from surgery from foot surgery lower body injury surgery and Anyone who woke up today and they're like, wait, what? Off-injured Jimmy Garoppolo is wheeling himself around on a little scooter? Doesn't that worry you? Because it, it worries me. Again, off-injured Jimmy Garoppolo. So we're talking about now a new quarterback and a number one pick mm -hmm. who were both brought in here knowingly injured and probably not ready until training camp in what's supposed to be 
this revamp, reimagine year for McDaniels and Ziegler and this roster. It's not exactly confidence-inspiring, is it? When, it ta- when you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo in particular, whose biggest question throughout his career has been durability. And the report that first came out from Vic Tafer and Deshaun Reed at The Athletic talked about how that's why the Jimmy Garoppolo signing was delayed, because the foot injury came to light during the physical that the fact that it was going to need surgery. We've known Jimmy G had a foot injury that was going to hamper him. But, of course, the 49ers thought they might have a shot at the Super Bowl, and they were hoping Jimmy might be able to get back, so they held off the surgery. And turns out, come March, he still needed the surgery. So then the Raiders had the opportunity to cut bait. They didn't have to go through with the signing. They could have said, we found something in the physical. But no, they went through with it, and now you have a quarterback who might not even be an upgrade and who might not even be healthy until the beginning of the season. Mm. By the way, June 6th to the 8th is the mandatory mini. So the way you just laid that out there, if I were a star wide receiver, I'd be looking at the situation going, what did you guys do? And that's exactly the tone that Devontae Adams passed on to the writer with the ringer a couple of weeks ago. He was available today. He spoke. We'll play some of the audio. I'm just, I don't get it, man. I don't want to get that worked up about some, you know, Goofy story in the ringer where a player says, hey, he didn't like the offseason because that's what he said. I'm going to have to deal with it. That's what he said. But now the pot's been stirred more. And basically what you've got on the way back is Devontae Adams trying to clarify, pointing fingers, and then the people that he's pointing at are like, okay, sir, you're right. We were wrong. Did you write the story, guys? No, but we're still always wrong. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, he was outstanding. and He's been outstanding since he got in in Edmonton. You know, he just makes the saves that keeps us in the game, especially just even looking at the last game in OT. You know, they could have finished it, but he made a save and uh, we went another way and uh, scored. So, uh, yeah, he's been outstanding and a huge part of our team. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Silver 7s, you heard it. 77-cent beers for the game tonight. That is good for the rest of the Vegas Golden Knights games through the playoffs. Thought when I started saying that at the beginning of the playoffs, well, maybe it's only a a two-week run, maybe a four-week run. But it's going, and it's been going on. And the Knights are on the verge in what has been a, a wacky Finals, both Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals, about to potentially match what the Panthers did. Did you expect any of this in the finals? Just, just freaking. I mean, that, there haven't been you know many terrible games. Last game was a terrible game for Dallas, but potentially two sweeps. The Florida Panthers story is beyond anything I've seen since the Golden Knights in 2017. It's unbelievable what this team has done when they weren't even supposed to get into the playoffs. You look at what happened with Pittsburgh the last week of the season and Pittsburgh having to lose to both Chicago and Columbus in the final week of the season, a total collapse by the Penguins just to get the Panthers in. And then all they do is beat the best regular season team in history. Everyone's darling the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then the team with the second best record in all of hockey this year in the Carolina Hurricanes, and they swept them. That's been insane. The West was more open right from the jump, and in the end, we're going to end up with the number one seed in the West making the finals. That I can understand. 
But the stuff that's happened in the East is just remarkable. Barbie on the way back there talking about Aiden Hill, which is another crazy part of the story. You know, the season starts, and you're like, okay, no Robin Leonard. What the hell is going to happen here with Logan Thompson? Then he plays really well. Then he goes down basically for the rest of the season. Brassois and Hill rotate. Then Brassois is the guy to start the playoffs. He goes down, and now Aiden Hill, who technically is the fourth guy in line of, you know, on the original depth chart sort of. He wasn't with the organization. Am I correct? Was, uh, was Leonard still... When did they pick up Aiden Hill? They picked up Aiden Hill post Robin Leonard situation. Okay, yeah, I wanted to get that right. So anyway, so technically goalie three or four, and now he's playing outstanding hockey. So you see here tumult, some difficulties, adversity, right? The Knights overcome it. And as we mentioned, it started in the summer. So I guess I shouldn't get too worked up about the Raiders and all the stories that kind of come pouring onto the floor at OTAs in May. But, yeah, we've got several situations to cover. We'll get back to the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't ready to go. And you'll hear media people who are like, oh, we already knew that. Really, I didn't hear you write a whole lot about it. I certainly didn't hear people express some doubt, like, is he going to be ready for the beginning of training camp? Because that's kind of important. Mandatory mini is June 6th to the 8th. So while the Garoppolo stuff was kind of being kept quiet, Devontae Adams decides to speak to the ringer a few weeks ago, and he said what he said. I don't see eye-to-eye with management, and I will just have to deal with it. And there, there was other stuff in those quotes, but those are the quotes. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with those quotes. Now, the way to handle it would be go talk to management, ask them to explain why Jimmy Garoppolo, an injured Jimmy Garoppolo, is the quarterback and not Aaron Rodgers, why Garoppolo is the best option right now, what the plan is for the future. You know, if you're Adams, you're like, hey, I'm coming in my 30s here. I kind of need to know, right? This all could have been averted. He's the one who said it. So then he stands up today. And I guess what he came up with was, sometimes I misspeak. I was taken out of context. It's your fault. Why are you guys so bored? Instead of just coming in and going, I've spoken to management. They've explained why they made the moves. I didn't see it this way originally, but now I get it. How easy is that? How easy is that? And I'm not on the team. How easy is that? But instead, this is what we get from Devontae Adams today, who says, hey, the story's over, but then you just kind of throw a match on the little fire again. And obviously, sometimes things get said and, and taken out of context, like I said, and it's never my intention to, to bring any type of negative attention or you know throw off the focus of the team or whatever, which did not happen, by the way. Uh, we got a lot of guys in here that know me well by this point, and no, my intentions, no, I just want to win. I'm here to try to win a Super Bowl like everybody else is on their team. So that's, that's really my only focus. It's taken out of context. It's never my intention to call people out or have them feel bad. And that did not happen. Okay, one, I can, I can insult someone every day at work and go, no, they understand. We talked it out. Like, did you... Did I get a chance to speak to everyone who may have felt like they were insulted by a comment I made on this team? I mean, that is, that's lunacy. They're all good with it. I mean, this is what we've been getting from some media guys the last couple of weeks. Nothing to see here. Come on, guys. 
it's a team. They're at a distance. The leader of the team says, I didn't like the offseason. I'm just going to have to deal with it. Not everyone gets over that immediately. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo might. I mean, that, that's. I think that's one of the bonuses. It would be lovely if he plays, if he gets healthy, but I think it's one of the bonuses of Jimmy Garoppolo, Candy, that he's not Derek Carr. Because I think Derek Carr took everything to heart and always wanted to punch down with the media and did get upset about teammates and did have things to say about his teammates cryptically. So that is the improvement with Jimmy Garoppolo, but just to say, hey, taken out of context, no story here. Like, bro, come on. If there's one thing we know about Jimmy Garoppolo, it's that he spent an entire career being not wanted. He wasn't wanted in New England. He wasn't wanted in San Francisco. He came back after they didn't want him in San Francisco more than once. They've tried everything to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo before eventually putting a foot into his backside while he had a broken foot. And so now you bring him into a situation where he's used to that. He's used to being the guy who takes the heat for everybody else. Derek Carr really in some ways unfairly, in some ways fairly, caught all of that and really cared about it as the quarterback of the Raiders. I don't think you're going to get that with Jimmy G. I'm unapologetically me. You know, at the end of the day, I truly do not care what people have to say. So when I'm clearing things up and talking about this stuff, a lot of times it's me protecting other people that were involved. Like, I don't ever want Jimmy to feel a way, think that I didn't want him here or I don't like him or I don't want Josh to feel like, you know, or, you know, I post a picture with Ziggs and then they're like, oh, is it, is it Josh that he's, is he, is, that must be the, the real problem. Y'all can do that if you're that bored, like go play Monopoly or something. So no one's bored. That's the first thing. No one's bored. The NFL is the biggest thing in town. It's the biggest thing in the sports world. We're going to cover it. This team has been a mess. It's had a messy offseason. It had a very messy end of the season. It underachieved by Raider Nation's expectations. They made the playoffs the year before. They sunk to six wins. They're now expected to win seven and a half. I would lean on the under here if I don't know Jimmy G is going to play at least 14, 15, 16 games, and I have no idea what's going to happen now. But no one's bored. Trust me. This show right here, we've got a baseball team coming, and all of us want to debate the deal. All of us want to hammer, most of us, want to hammer what the A's are doing on the field. We got another high-level franchise that actually wins, run by Mark Davis, funny enough, in the Aces we can hit. We've got a team trucking towards a championship. There's plenty to talk about, but the Raiders provide material that makes it look like an S show. So it's something you have to address. This was supposed to be on an upward tick, Candy, now going into year two, and a lot of people out there, and you had anonymous GMs and personnel people say, the Raiders have gotten worse in the offseason. Their lead players seem to suggest they got worse in the offseason. He didn't agree with the offseason. And then we're getting it lobbed back at not only us, but the fans who really care. Raider Nation really cares. Oh, you guys are just bored. Well, then we could just not pay attention. We could just not go to the games. Is that what you want? What do you mean people are bored? You said you weren't happy with the offseason. You've now explained yourself by saying it was taken out of context. Candy, was it taken out of context? Not at all. And you have to decide if you're Devontae Adams, do you want to be important? Do you want to be the number one guy, the focus of the organization, or do you not? Do you want to go back to how you had it in Green Bay? 
We read all sorts of features last offseason about Devontae Adams coming into his own and how he wanted to prove that he wasn't just a product of Aaron Rodgers. And he himself talked about how he wanted to be comfortable with who he was and what he'd accomplished before he really stepped forward and put himself out there. And now we see him in Taco Bell commercials and we see him as the face of what's going on with the Raiders. Well, this is what comes with it. This yeah. is what comes yes. with it. You don't have yes. Aaron Rodgers to protect you anymore. Yep. This is you out front. And the things that you say matter because you're the one who's left here. Derek Carr's not here anymore. It's you. It is you at the front of the organization. And so I don't need to play Monopoly. You're the one not pass and go. You are the one collecting $140 million. And so for your $140 million, we are going to pay attention to every word you say. This is part and of if it. you say, I don't see eye to eye with management, we're not saying you want to be traded. We're not saying you want out of here, but it's newsworthy. It is noteworthy, and we want to know what it is that you are not agreeing with. We want to know why you don't see eye to eye. I don't remember hearing anything today that cleared that up for me. Think back to when Devontae Adams, a player of his level, changes teams and comes to the Raiders. And while the Raiders don't have a ton of winning history recently, they have a history, and there are expectations. And then you, on top of that, it's Las Vegas where what do we do when teams don't win? Now, the Raiders are going to be okay because, I mean, sadly for them, the stadium will be full, but it may be 60%, 70% opposing fans. But when you come here, hey, I understand the history. I understand this is something special. Just win, baby. Well, then you can't get mad when people are paying attention and slice and dice everything. And back to Candy's point, this ain't Green Bay. There's not six media people here. It's not a fan base that's just kind of happy with, and I know Packers fans are, you know, they, they can be vocal. They're not Raider Nation. Raider Nation is very, very polarized. They're fired up all the time. You signed up for this. So I think while he stood up there and he was like, you guys, like he's like, you guys are bored in the media. These stories only take off because of the fans, because of Raider Nation. Same thing as, Candy, do you really believe that, and I've been trying to stir it up a little bit, but it's based on fans. Is Derek Carr, is Derek Carr's number four going to Aiden O'Connell within months of him leaving? Is that a big story? Probably not. But the fans think it is, and Devontae, that's what you signed up for. Daily happy hour from 3 to 5 p.m. Pint shots and margaritas for $2.77 at the Silver and Gold Sports Bar inside the Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. You know what? I'll come clean with Devonta Adams saying that the fans and some media people are bored, Candy. In that, they're getting so worked up over his comments that he doesn't see eye to eye with the organization and what they did and that he's going to have to deal with it. I will discuss anything if it helps me avoid the A's and the word salad deal and the Tropicana and whatever other site they're still looking at. So the news comes down. And you and I haven't talked in a while, so I'm really curious to hear what you have to say on this. And we are going to hit this a couple of different times. we got a couple of different angles on this, but an agreement has been reached. I mean, it still has to go through all the official channels, but a deal has been reached. The A's are getting a significant amount of help, but I do believe there's a word salad here that makes it sound like the A's aren't getting a great deal, but they are getting a great deal. So just give me your surface narrative on this whole story, where we are right now with the A's and Nevada and Clark County. Well, before I get to that, just a little bit of inside baseball for everybody out there. I did not send any 
A's stories on my suggestion list today because I've been on the press box for the last couple of weeks, and I have heard Steve Cofield nearly losing his mind over yeah. having to talk about the yes. don't call them Oakland, don't call them Las Vegas A's. So much, so, so much man, so, by the way, so much so that uh, we have prompted Ari to play Jamaican steel drum music every time I bring it up. So eventually, up oh, there it is. Yep, just so we, so I can chill out while you talk about it. Good. I'm, I'm glad you're going to be able to calm down while get I get me a coconut. The, the uh, you, you get your coconut. Come on, Silver Sevens, get spray, the coconut spray today. on my 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 sunscreen. Let's go. Oh, Back to paradise. Cofield with a no spray tan is quite the looker. Yes. Quite the looker. <laughs> All right. Uh, the A's have bungled this from the jump. It, it's if we weren't about to spend. 300 plus million dollars of public money on it it would be comical it's not it's not really all that funny and if you're the state of nevada what's the purpose here why is this money being spent on an organization that has shown you repeatedly it has absolutely no idea what it's doing and no fan base that it brings with it at least with the raiders you could argue with Allegiant Stadium that you know exactly what that fan base is and you know how rabid it is and you know that they'll travel for games. They'll come from L.A. They'll come from Oakland. They'll come from all over the place to see the Raiders or they'll come to see the other team when you have this eight times a year event. Now we're talking about coming to watch 81 games a year with a team that is the worst in Major League Baseball now and might be the worst in Major League Baseball ever. So I'm trying to understand the business sense of doing this. I'm trying to understand the purpose in throwing out this money to an organization that showed you it had no other option. It was negotiating against itself. They closed the door on Oakland all by themselves. They couldn't go back. So why are they getting a deal that's going to be close to half of what the Raiders got in the end? Because to me, that feels like the A's negotiated against themselves, got something of a deal here. Maybe the Nevada officials thought it was too good a deal to pass up because they put out in the press release, it's the third least money that's been spent on the 14 stadiums that have been built in Major League Baseball in this century. Cool, I guess. What, what, what does that mean? The money's still real. Whatever it is is still real, and the money in Nevada means more than it does in other places when we have a state that doesn't fund public education, that doesn't have a state income tax. It's real money that could be used to solve real problems instead of bringing a really bad baseball team here. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to lvsportsnetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Ari's been very big on sending over... TikTok, which, by the way, I think there's someone on the show who may have prompted him, motivated him to go get content off of TikTok. Because uh, in spite of the fact that Adam Hill doesn't understand why we're all over it, there's a lot of good content up there. And especially foodie content, Candy. The other day, we got a video by that same woman making zebra cakes, which looked pretty good, but it was a lot of effort. Uh, she sped it up this time and made Reese's peanut butter cups. And I think I mentioned it the other day. There's some reality show where chefs... Not necessarily dessert people are required to make knockoffs of brand name candy, and the show is a disaster. No one can match what the companies are making because a lot of it is made by machines. But I brought it up the other day. They On the show, they tried to have them make Kit Kats. No shot. I mean, they botched it. How about this woman? And we'll send out the video on ESPN Las Vegas on Twitter making Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And if you watch the video... She kind of nails it. 
My man, you said exactly what you needed to at the beginning. There is no substitute for the real candy. There isn't. And it, this stuff is hard to make. Can't, did you look at it? Did, it. You watch, did you watch the video? You, you weren't impressed? Uh, I, no, first of all, I'm not a TikTok guy. I'm, I'm, it must be an Adam thing on uh, Cofield and Company. It's not an if Adam thing. He, actually, he make... tells us not to watch. So it's a me thing, and now it's become an Ari thing. Well, we're talking about making one of the iconic snacks into something that might not be as deadly as they have been in the past. I'm at least willing to give it a shot. Who's going to make them? Jared, Ari, Willie, Mark McMillan? Someone's going to make them for us. Uh, Xavier Pope is up with oh, us here. On. It's got to be McMillan. On a, on a Thursday. Xavier, how you doing, buddy? I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> that looks good. Right? I mean, that looked like a better than what, what Reese's is putting out. No disrespect to Reese's. I mean, it's a, 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 a classic, but if, if she's making it natural, she has vegan options. I haven't been able to eat a Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup in almost six years. So I'm excited to see this. I'm actually going to try this recipe out. I'm so glad your producer sent this over to me. I'm excited. Please uh, send us pictures if you do make this. Um, I will say that I I knew you'd be titillated by the vegan option. I was turned off by it. Uh, But I am curious to see if anyone can make a vegan option that tastes pretty close to the original. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty fantastic chefs out there, like yours truly, who has been covered by the Today Show. I know... (laughs) For my cookings, I know I can nail this. I'm so I'm I'm bouncing off the walls right now, Steve. I'm so so going to do this. See, we're hooking you up. Xavier Pope is with us. Um, a lot of good stories this week, um, and I do want to get into the fact that Suit Up News is back. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. I saw this one, and I, I figured a lot of people are going to get worked up about it. Uh, there's a lady named Jana Hawking who I guess does she write a dating column or story or something uh, for the New York Post, and she ba- I did I unless I misread this, she basically said that. Um, divorcees can be attractive mates, but she pointed out that uh, she was around a guy who was talking about his kids and that he missed his kids, and she was like, yeah, it's a red flag. Um, I think she was suggesting that single dads who might not have full custody are not worth dating. No, I, I, I don't think that that was the total part where she was saying. I think was the, the headline about missing the kids, and then she get into the vacation. She started to sound really superficial. Yeah. And she started talking about missing the kids. But then he, she started kind of going into about his state of mind of him thinking about them when he was with her. And, and he wished different, their things were a little bit differently. He was lamenting. And she felt like it was a therapy session. And so it, it's great to be single and enjoy your life. But you have to be able to be healed first. I suggest therapy for those who have gone through those situations before you get out to date. And I think that that's where she was coming from. She sounded, I think her tone got a little bit lost, but I think that's where she was going. I think that's the healthy way to date other people is that they are able to heal past the past relationship, get over it, move on, and open themselves to a new relationship. And the way I read it is some uh, woman's being honest, and she's like, hey, you know what, I don't want to hear your problems. That's it. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. I mean, you know what, go take care of your own business before you date me. And, for a lot of people, they'd look at her and go, you're a louse, you're a creep. I wouldn't. If you don't want to listen to me, then I don't want to date you either. Hey, I mean, it's it someone for everyone, right, Steve? And yep. I, as someone who's been single for, single for the last three and a half years and have, have had to date again after being um, married, I know what it's like to be sitting there with someone asking you all these interview questions and, tr- and now being a therapist while you're at it. Tell you what, Xavier, uh, I've been back on the market just about the same length of time myself. And 
Yeah. Uh, I went and I took care of my own stuff. I'll give my therapist's name to anybody who wants to talk to my therapist, but let me tell you a little secret. Uh, it also made it so that when I went to therapy, I could spot the crazies when they were talking to me. I could figure out when they were bringing all of the whack job stuff all over to me. And it's like, oh, I can weed y'all out so much faster than I ever used to in the past, right? Like the red flags go from being like little umbrellas in a drink to being like hanging from the top of a flagpole off the freeway. It's just so much easier to be able to see what's coming for you. So I actually understand where uh, where our friend Jana is coming from, where it's like, I don't want to deal with your problems. I'm here because I already dealt with problems and I'm looking to have a good time past them. Wish. That's 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 exactly it. <laughs> I I I I I I went to therapy. I I know what that's like to be able to spot what's in myself. I call it radical self care. Going after my own healing, working out, meditating, going on retreats, whatever I needed to do, I I've done it. And I continue to do it. And if someone's not doing that work, um, I, that's not the person I want to date. Sorry. Xavier Pope is with us. So last night. Power went out in my neighborhood, so the only thing to go do is go get some drinks. So that's what the significant other and I did. I, I pony up to a bar, and then I hear over my shoulder something about Bud Light and Woke and this and that. And now I see this story developing with Target, and Ari sent over a story uh, that there are claims that Target has lost $9 billion. What exactly is happening here, and are all these companies going under because they're getting woke and now going broke? I mean, you, uh, you said this story from OutKick, the coverage. Um, okay. this, is a, this is kind of a, a right-wing sports cultural m- amalgam of garbage um, that constantly shares an inform- quote-unquote information that's never reported in, in, in any mainstream news outlet. Um, I, I, I didn't even click on it, to be frank, because I'm not giving them, them their, their, those clicks or that attention um, because it's, mis- it's, it's misinformation, it's dis- disinformation, and it's grounded, and it's a site that's pretty, pretty much grounded in douchebag bigots who, who, who hate anyone that's not uh, Christian white male. <laughs> and and I, that's not, that's not I'm, I guess I'm not the demographic uh, yeah. that they're looking for, but if you want to get up on that type of stuff, go ahead, uh, read, I'll kick the coverage, uh, and en- enjoy your bigotry. And, 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 and maybe enjoy throwing away the Bud Light that only you guys are drinking in the first place. So. But, here, but here's the thing. To just go, hey, I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm not going to promote it. It is having an effect. As I said, I go into a bar and people are talking about you know Bud Light this and that. I was at a friend's house the other day and he started to try the conversation about how shelves were all full of Bud Light. I'm not tracking what products are available. I haven't been to a Target. I guess I'll go soon. Um, but it, do, it, does, it does have an effect. Um, and I don't know that it, like it's our job as consumers to combat it. Um, it is, but it is interesting though that, th- th- in a way that I kind of like the fact that people think that they have power, um, that they can actually affect change now by boycotting products. Now, if their reasoning is a little flawed, but I, I still think it's exciting that people like they really believe they can affect things. And like the next one, I sent you a meme, um, you know, of uh, you know, get woke, go broke. And uh, Mike Freeman had retweeted it, and you know Disney had a you know had a setting where oh they're they're going to be next. It is interesting that people now feel like they have power. Well, the, 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 the so I think it's interesting that you have to point this out though, Steve. The Target situation where they 
started pulling it in the putting the pride of gear in the back of the store in southern states is because employees were threatened. Uh, you you're going to work and so now that part of that culture is using that power and turning into violence. Um, the one fixing of the culture um, is a dangerous place for the country to be where people feel that their political opinions now have to be turned onto physically harming other people to get your point across. That's the difference between a boycott with your dollars and boycotting with your fists. All right. Ari, what was the lead? The lead was that – hold on, I'm scrolling. Apologize. Uh, I have yet to see a credible news outlet report this. About Target, about Target being down – about Target being down $9 billion. Okay. Which it, that is something interesting to look up because I, I looked it up about, you know, six weeks ago with the, uh, the Bud Light had lost, you know, $30 billion. And um, so, yeah, I think the, the lesson is, too, don't just look at one source like – Xavier's pointing out, don't just look at a source like Outkick. Make sure you check around a little bit. But a lot of people don't, and uh, it sends a certain message out there, and it does have an impact. Xavier Pope is with us. All right, some NBA here. First of all, you, you, did you get hacked? You, got, you, you, you tweeted, I think Boston can win four straight games against Miami. You get hacked? <laughs> I, yeah, I did not even get hacked. Uh, I, 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 was, I was concerned about that loss to Miami. They, their body language, they, they didn't look like they wanted to close it out. A uh, Spo between the third and fourth quarter was interviewed. He looked worried. Like, oh, the guys really want this, but it didn't really look like it. Jimmy Butler pretty much sleepwalked a good portion of the game. And you have to consider two of the best players in the series. are They, they play for the Celtics. Heck, three of the best four players are on the Celtics. Uh, they, they went about that win very workmanlike. Uh, you saw what happened with Grant Williams. He, he blocked the shot at Jimmy Butler. He doesn't try to grandstand. He just walks back up the court. Their attitude was the attitude they should have came into this series with. I don't necessarily think it's too late. They have a they, I mean, it's never happened in the NBA, but they had it's been in that town. Uh, the Boston Red Sox came back to beat the New York Yankees. Uh, and Miami Heat isn't exactly a juggernaut squad. Um, they are undermanned in this series. The Boston Celtics, on talent-wise, man for man, has the better squad. And so I do think if they get their act together, I predicted the Celtics to win the championship beginning this year. I still they have the, they think they have the capacity to come back and win this series. If they go back home to Boston and win that game, which I think might be a blowout for Boston, uh, that's the get game six is going to be very very interesting. All right, I don't want to break laws because uh, Candy knows all about these laws with gambling. But um, DM me if you want to put a little small bet on the Celtics to win the title because uh, John Von Tobel did the other day actually before Game Four, and I think he got fourteen to one at the time. Uh, another NBA tweet that you sent out. And I've seen a lot of this, and Candy, I definitely want to get into this as the show moves along. Uh, Jokic having a, a great postseason, still being treated as a footnote to LeBron questioning retirement. I've seen a lot of people say this in the media. Like, who are we mad at? Fellow media members? Are we mad at certain regions of the country? Are we mad at fans? Because maybe that's what they want, and they're the ones not paying attention to Jokic. Xavier, who are we mad at? It, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's, it could be sports writers. It could be fans. I mean, this whole thing about Michael Jordan versus LeBron came up again, uh, questioning LeBron's career even after the historic performance he had, talking about his legacy, whether he's going to retire, um, talking about um, Anthony Davis. I mean, this is all about the team that got swept, not about Jamal Murray, uh, Bubble Murray coming back, not not Nikola Jokic having one of the best postseasons in the the NBA. So everybody's been paying attention to the team that probably might go on and win the championship. 
Xavier Pope. All right, you are back. I, I know you were a little unhappy with Twitter, but I saw Suit Up News. It has returned. Steve, it hasn't returned. Um, it has. I have a test run that I'm doing. Come on. Where I am. No, I, well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a king of I told you so. Pope Stradamus, right? Uh, I, I, so I saw, I believe me, I saw Pope Stradamus all over Twitter. <laughs> There's like about 25 old tweets. And as I read through it, I'm like, hey, actually, it's pretty good. <laughs> and so what I've been doing is testing out what how Twitter is responding to old episodes of I Told You So of, of Suit Up News All right. uh, on, current, on, on current topics. So to see whether it's even safe to put my content back on a platform, um, just like other advertisers, just like other content creators, um, because we just saw what happened. Ron DeSantis is on, on Twitter Spaces with Elon Musk. Um, and so, and, and you see, even after a story about the Oath Keepers today, and the, all the comments were filled of people like spreading conspiracy theories. So I just want to make sure uh, as I put more information out there, as I continue to, to do what I do, that my content is safe. Um, and, and I'm protecting the brand. That's all. I don't want to squeeze this last one into a minute, but that's the time we've got. Um, tough day yesterday with the passing of Tina Turner, and the, you know, there's there's so much to admire about her. Yeah, I mean, she was an incredible woman who and shows how strong women can be. That's why she's an icon for women. She she all her dick her career has spanned decades, and until she left the earth, she was still an extremely beautiful woman. I mean, who you know we talked about Martha Stewart last week. I mean. It's incredible to, for her to remain a sexy, gorgeous, beautiful woman until we didn't know who she was anymore, and then she's gone. So, I mean, props to Tina Turner um, being an icon for women, an icon for pop culture, um, and uh, R.I.P. Tina Turner. And i got to mention, uh, we had actually purchased as a, a couple, the S.O. and myself, there is a Tina Turner musical uh, at the Smith Center in Las Vegas. I think it's June 6th to the 8th, so we're going to that. So uh, probably won't be a dry eye in that place and a really good way to honor Tina Turner. So if there's still tickets, people out there should grab it and learn more about her story. Xavier, you are the man. Keep uh, the Pope Stradamus stuff up, except for the basketball. Leave that to us, please. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> All right, see you later. <laughs> there he is. Say it, Candy. Say it. How do you feel about Xavier Pope? You say it. You say it. You love him. And I love him. And I love the show. And I love Silver Sevens. Get on down here. 77 cent beers. I love Lamp. <laughs> Bud Light Sports Bar. <laughs> the Silver and Gold <laughs> Bar as well. William Hill. Racing Sportsbook. Bud, Bud Light, and Mick Ultra. 77 cent bottles during the game.